You're listening to the BSC News Podcast, the leader in decentralized finance on the Binance Smart Chain. Here's your host, Ben Antes. Today on the podcast, I have Bo Olson. He is the CEO of Transient. And Bo, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Ben. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And I appreciate you coming on at 2 a.m. to do this recording, which is not an easy feat. <laughs> <laughs> all good. Used to it with the uh, the time zone of Australia. So, all yeah, good. I bet. Uh, are you, you basically work around the clock whenever needed? It's crypto. So, you know how it is. Um, yeah, whenever we're needed, um, wherever the, the meetings are, um, I'll be on it. So, yeah, all, all, uh, all worth it in the end. Perfect. And so I did a little background research into your project before you came on. And, and in your words, the, the simple definition is bringing smart contracts to non-coders, which given the demand of coders in the, in the space, and I imagine a shorter shortage of coders in the space can be an incredibly useful tool moving forward for you know people that have ideas and want to start building out products. And I'm I'm curious to what what was your inspiration to to take this on? Yeah, so inspiration came from um, just being in the positions of, of sort of my past experiences um, within larger corporations and um, and understanding how blockchain can really play a part in that. Um, so I was, I was at a number of uh, online uh, entertainment companies, so betting um, as well as fintech through insurance and, and banking and finance. And one thing that continued to st- stick out to me was um, the ability to either innovate um, with new customer experiences um, or simplify processes, uh, particularly those the ones that are completed over and over again uh, with the use of blockchain and more specifically smart contracts. So um, started to dabble in some experimentation around that um, in previous roles um, and could see a real opportunity to bring uh, and bridge the, the worlds of the sort of uh, retail, traditional finance and, and industry and um, what we're sort of building at Transients around the bringing smart contracts to non-coders um, and really breaking down those barriers to utilizing the blockchain and and being that entry point for either individuals or consumers or or businesses alike um, to take their first steps into the blockchain with a really simple and risk-free um, sort of approach. Um, and just on the developer thing, I, um, don't quote me, but I'm sure I read um, somewhere, I think it's around 2% of the, the overall developer population in the world has been exposed to blockchain. Um, so it's quite interesting when you look at that as a as a number. Um, we are still very, very young and it's the opportunity for us to, you know, tap into either those um, developers, but also those that aren't um, developers, I think is, is really appealing. Um, and it shows just a, a raw numbers uh, sort of sum that there's still a lot of penetration to happen. Yeah, I think so. And what... What this project, what your project kind of reminds me of is something like a Wix.com in a sense, mm. right? Where everyone can become like a, a website builder, right? Using their tools and the simplicity of it. And is that kind of what you're going for here? Yeah, it's a really good um, uh, yeah, assessment. Uh, for us, it's, it is particularly starting with the crypto use cases at the moment. So um, what we've found is even though that 
we have a really strong investor base and, you know, crypto and the world goes around with price predictions and understanding analysis from a technical market perspective. Um, the degree of knowledge around specific blockchain tech is still pretty, um, you know, low um, for, for what you, you would expect. And, you know, we're targeting some really easy um, entry-level uh, smart contract creation, um, focusing on firstly the, the crypto world and and those that are in the crypto world either um, doing exactly what we would be doing now, um, whether it be engaging influencers, whether it be engaging security auditors uh, for you know services. Um, we're really starting to position ourselves as the um, provider to make those interactions easier. So with our first product, our entry-level um, TSC core product, which um, if you were to look at it, you would think it was any other sort of Web2 um, uh, website or application by the ease of use and the ability to almost just drop and drag the attributes you want um, to create your smart contract. Um, so as an, a real example, um, you know, if there was a, an arrangement between us and, and the podcast ongoing, um, I'd be able to create a smart contract using TSC Core with some key attributes around how long the contract would be going for, um, any terms or functions that require, just as in payment, as USDT as an example, um, and when that would expire. So we would enter into that on the transient network um, and it would self-execute without any need for us to actually build any code in whatsoever. Um, so really, really transparent, immutable, um, and the, the function is, is playing as, as a smart contract would, all with the ability of, you know, a drop and drag um, Web3 portal that looks like any other website. Um, and particularly those that have had any experience in the traditional world and even now even more so in the crypto world um, around CMSs or like content management systems or um, customer relationship management systems. There's a real familiarity around how a user will interact um, and we find that that familiarity helps with the, um, the breaking down of those barriers to, to adoption. So, yeah, it's exciting um, and, you know, it's great to be able to talk to family and friends and and show them you know the website and for them to to get it and understand it um, just like they would any at any other site. So um, UI and UX for us is is paramount. Um, and truthfully, you wouldn't even know the blockchain was you know building and the the foundation below it because it really is just that easy. You touch on something important there, which is simplifying crypto and blockchain because otherwise, I don't think the masses will get it or care about it, right? Is that kind of a stance you share there? Yeah, I, I do. And um, we, we may get into it a little bit later, but, and that's something that, you know, for whether it's industry and that traditional landscape, it really is um, showing and, and identifying the problems that we're solving and, and almost uh, using prototyping and experimentation um, to actually prove how you're going to solve that that use case or the problem and it's very similar to to the first um, our first step is that we knew there was a, a problem to solve in being able to demystify you know smart contracts um, even the name gets people a little bit offside because you know is it a contract is it not a contract is it legally binding is it not um, so there's even you know some stigma around the terms themselves and that's why when you get onto transient you'll be building next-gen contracts um, and taking a little bit of that um, 
you know, the magic around smart contracts out of it a little bit um, and just really fulfilling um, what the function is required for. So, yeah, it is It is definitely trying to uh, minimise as, as many you know, acronyms and um, big pieces of tech speak or blockchain terms um, to really make it as simple as possible and, um, yeah, less frightening for people to, to dip their toe into. And I want to uh, go back to the example of, you know, let's say we had a smart contract agreement here and mm-hmm. I want to kind of dig into what's possible with it, right? So I think on surface level, it's like we could make our, whatever our agreement is on there. And then now you mentioned, you know, this potential fixed lifetime of USDT being paid out or something. Can the contract mm-hmm. it, itself handle the payment? Meaning like, let's say, and this isn't the case in the real world, but let's say this was a monetized episode where we get paid and we give you like a royalty. Is that mm-hmm. something that the smart contract could can handle and basically execute for us? So not only an agreement, but also like a transfer product? Yeah, definitely. Um, and so as part of our TSC core product, we haven't built the automated, um, you know, triggering or execution in, into that um, just because we, we at, at the moment, the user base would probably be too much of a, a leap forward. Um, but what we're doing, and once again, I don't want to um, jump into too many other topics, but um, we're currently building an eSports DAP, um, which we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about as we talk about the roadmap. But one of the um, an issue in, in eSports tournaments um, across the globe is the ability for players uh, within those teams and tournaments to be paid out um, effectively and efficiently. Um, so what we're building is part of our bolt-on to our entertainment um, DAP for eSports is a, um, a, a team management um portal effectively where we will be using on-chain data to um, create the smart contracts um, and execute those based on that the on-chain data um, to distribute winnings and um, any other sort of uh, terms around their contribution to their team so if you use that as an example where you'd be um, you might have a Esports player playing dota 2 um, it's an official tournament uh, it has a data set we're able to create a smart contract bef- between the player and the tournament um, and based on the, the real live data that comes back, um, be able to execute and uh, distribute winnings automatically. Um, so that could be set up but you know, based on a certain attributes within the data stream. Um, so it could be how many wins they have, how many kills they have, whatever that, that attribute is, um, and can be set up for ongoing tournaments. So if you look at it that way, um, Yes, the capability is definitely there. Um, it's around the, the use case itself. Um, so um, I think, yeah, the, the opportunity is, is there and we have that built. Um, it's just, you know, in what sense and what lens um, we, yeah, deliver that function and, and to what use case. So, yeah, um, logically is there and, yeah, we'll be able to execute that on transient. I think that, you know, that building it, for a specific use case is almost like the crypto norm, right? Is uh, problems are solved because there's one use case you identify and you want to attack it. And then from there, it like, like a use case fork, 
right? Where it's a, you know, then my example, it's like, well, it's a super similar thing, right? You know, let's automate royalty streams or let's automate, exactly. you know, kind of. And that, and to me, that's why you like, you never know where this, is stu- this stuff is going to go. Because mm. you and I can think of 10 use cases while there might be a thousand. Yeah. And I think for me, and I've had a, a long background in um, sort of, you know, old project methodologies like Lean Six Sigma and now sort of Agile and and the like. But one thing that you continuously need to do is that experimentation. Um, and it doesn't matter what sort of tech you're delivering, most of the time it comes back to, um, you know, the principle of the design itself um, generally can be applied to many use cases, um, but it's about getting that right foundation. So if we use the esports example and your example as well, logically um there's a set of attributes something happens and then something else happens like breaking it down that that's basically it um so if you apply that to um situations or other potential use cases um and one that i love because uh, it was sort of close to my heart is the insurance um sector and the ability to um take away the uh, middleman completely through um, insurance claims being paid out directly by a supplier or a vendor. So, you know, taking 30 or you know odd steps and manual intervention um, using a similar principle that we've just spoken about in the other two use cases, um, you could effectively take out uh, the insurer completely um, and be able to automate the, the claims process, for example. So, um, you know, it's another one where it is real value um, to individuals in the world where, you know, it may be that their car is back on the road quicker or their health issues are, are sorted quicker with less, you know, a time for vulnerability. So these are really impactful um, so- sorts of situations that I think smart contracts, the automation around um, blockchain and then the actual immut- immutability um, with the actual data itself is is another, you know, one that if within six to 12 months, if transient, you know, if if I say one thing that would have led to our success was um, penetrating the, the traditional markets. And I see those two that I mentioned, um, you know, really up there in terms of our thinking. Um, but yeah, it, it is being applied. Um, as you said, it's it's a choose your own adventure after you start to, to, uh, to validate some of your, your own thinking and one use case, yeah, as you said, does lead to another and um, the opportunities are quite endless. Yeah, and what I see a huge benefit here um, is, you, you know, you talked about removing the middleman. So not only is it faster, but typically going to be cheaper as well. Exactly. For, you know, like you said, for the supplier, if they are kind of using an automated system themselves, I don't know what that, you know, I don't know the data to say what that does to whatever their typical premium was, but mm. you, you would think it would be a much more cost-effective method. Yeah, I know in, you know, Australian top insurers, yeah, probably a 15 to 17 day um, manual process between, you know, the, the first claim at the very least and then any interaction with a supplier or vendor. So even if you're looking at man hours or, you know, uh-huh. um, time, time to, you know, even uh, assess a claim manually, um, that's at least that period of time to to have either, as, as I said, your vehicle back on the road or um, it could be health insurance, um, could be any number of those. And, you know, breaking that down for the supplier and also the consumer 
um, is really instrumental to, to those processes. So, um, yeah, we'll continue. We're already, um, and, you know, thankfully I've got some contacts, um, particularly in the Asia-Pacific region, in that fintech insurance and sort of online betting space, and we're continuing to experiment and prototype um, across various industries and, you know, with potential partners um, for long-term you know, sustainability of our project. Um, online betting as well is, is another one, whilst, um, you know, it's quite disruptive around the world and generally innovative, innovative um, there's still options and opportunities for blockchain to really impact, um, particularly around loyalty programs, you know, having a single node um, that a, a number of, um, you know, suppliers or, uh, you know, movies could be um, takeaway food um, restaurants could be a number of um, reward givers um, you know a traditional sort of technology would mean that they would each need to set up their own platforms and you know um, have their own type of integrations um, you know if you use the chain link model you'd effectively run a single node and allow you know anyone to participate um, and add value to to that node so you know there's there's things that we can do with the tech that can really impact day-to-day um, -day operations. And that's what we'll continue to experiment with and um, knock down some walls while we're trying. Yeah, I imagine, especially with online betting, where someone could easily automate, you know, based on with the set of rules of what there's a football game and, you know, there's all kinds of bets put in there with different parameters, right? Over-unders and who won and you could, Get, you get as detailed in the stats as you want and it would make it super simple for a almost a contract to collect bets and pay them out automatically mm -hmm. from a, a data feed right exactly yep exactly um yeah and that's where we can jump in a little bit to, to esports but um, one of the dApps that we'll be creating um is a is a community driven um uh, outcome prediction pooling so uh, effectively you're able to create pools um, based on official tournaments around the globe um, or just your friends playing um, up the street if you really want to. Um, but what that will do is uh, effectively allow the community to, to create pools around specific um, matches, events or stats on um, a given tournament or, or match, um, invite the community to put in an entry fee, uh, predict the outcome of, of whatever the, the attribute may be, and then rely on on-chain um, data to, uh, you know, validate and um, execute the smart contract by paying out and distributing the winnings. So once again, it is exactly that, um, that principle and what you've just mentioned around the ability to use that data to execute smart contracts. And that's exactly what we're doing with esports. And um, the differentiation to a, a standard online bookmaker is that we're not a bookmaker. Um, the engagement is driven by our community um, and any sort of fees or any uh, you know, transactions um, that go through through the transient network is pushed back into our community um, via our reward system. Um, so yeah, it's, it's exciting, um, but just shows that if you have a, a data set, you have functions or attributes, um, you can generally automate and utilize a smart contract to execute um, whatever that is. And great things about technology and particularly smart contracts is um, it's the same every time. It doesn't change, does what, exactly what you need it to um, over and over and over again. Um, and that's where we think particularly from a, a 
DEX and, and uh, decentralized platform perspective, um, we'll see some really great uh, growth, particularly within our, within our community, um, because there's not a lot of uh, you know teams doing what we're doing. Um, there's a lot of you know centralized um, betting platforms using crypto, um, and that's great, um, but that's not where we're wanting to play. Um, our proposition is that it's community-driven and based on decentralized tech. So, um, and all along with with on-chain data as well. So, um, that's the differentiation for us. And once again, it's you know if you have those attributes, and we can automate with our smart contracts that we've built um, from the the ground up. And uh, yeah, we're excited, particularly for our community as we sort of switch into our um, esports and gaming activation. Um, in Q1 2022, and there'll be big big things coming, particularly in the Latin America and Southeast Asian um, regions with some, some big influences, some big partnerships, um, and more than likely some co-sponsored official tournaments across um, either Dota 2, LOL, or, or CSGO. So, um, yeah, we're pumped for that one. Um, and, yeah, it's just around the corner, which is even better. Awesome. What it kind of sounds like to me is, it's it's a kind of deal where potentially the the setup of you know this esports gambling side of, or betting side of things is almost just limited by the limits of the data feed in a way. Is mm-hmm. that is that correct? Where it's like my friends and I could we could bet on the weather if there's a weather data feed, right? We could create a weather game <laughs> around a smart contract. Yeah, hundred percent, like, and that's yeah, exactly, and. Um, the reason we, we we looked at esports and gaming, and particularly, you know, why why I'm probably on a podcast with, with you guys is um, the the demographic of particularly BSC and um, you know the regions of where crypto is big, as well as gaming is big. Um, mm-hmm. we, we find there's there's plenty of synergies around the user base and um, those that will really enjoy the product. Um, so yeah, for us it was that. That made sense for us. Um, it does, you know, to start to start somewhere with a really isolated, as you said, that you know, even if you call that a use case itself, um, and what that does is allows us to to make sure we've got the best product possible. So, uh, but you're right, there's there's not a um, big shift between you know getting esports data only and then getting US sports data or boxing data or tennis data or weather data or whatever data <laughs> um, and allowing our community to build, um, you know, whatever prediction pools they want. Um, and, you know, that's upcoming. We've got a, a DAP, um, you know, launching towards the end of 2021 and not too far away given um, the date. Um, however, that will be uh, called Crypto Pool. We'll be going on to mainnet. Um, will be our first mainnet DAP um, utilising on-chain data um, and I'm sure by the time this uh, is released, the, the on-chain Oracle partner will be announced, which is great. And we'll have some co-marketing um, and a partnership with those guys, which is amazing. Um, but the crypto pool DAP is, is effectively what we've mentioned, um, however, around price prediction um, within the crypto community. So we'll be starting off with the ability for the community members to create pools around the top um, 20 BP20 tokens on BSC. Um, and we've really you know, hit the hit the ground running with our push into BSC um, and the ecosystem. We think there's plenty of synergies, and you know, for us, we're, we're looking for you know low value, low low cost, high volume um, 
chains and, and BSC ticks a lot of boxes with that um, and gives us the best opportunity to, to get our product out there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's effectively um, creating a pool. Once again, community driven, there will be some transient driven um, pools. Uh, there'll be guaranteed prize pools. There'll be free to, free to play prize pools um, where you don't even need to put an entry fee in um, to share of, you know, some, some really big prize amounts. Um, and all you need to do is, is put your, your money where your mouth is and use the, the prediction that you'd be generally talking about on Twitter or in Reddit or wherever you may be having that conversation, um, select an outcome and wait for the price to be validated. Um, it's that simple. So, um, yeah, that will be released towards the end of 2021 and there'll be plenty of noise as we move into 2022 between that um, and the esports app. So that's coming and it's just around the corner. Awesome. And with about the last 10 minutes here, uh, obviously we've been jump. I, I, I find the, the limitless use case situation here fascinating. And let's focus on what is, and you've, you've shared a bunch of it, but what is your kind of roadmap in order from, let's say, almost let's go back a little bit to say from a month ago, you know, and maybe if you can throw some dates or some months in there and, and just kind of run us through the whole thing there seems like a lifetime ago but uh, around six weeks ago we we uh launched our first app so tsc core which is what we spoke about at the very start um so that's that's about six weeks old uh a little bit of a different proposition given that it's more of a b2b um so there'll be a working with our partners working with those in the crypto industry um where effectively services are you know required or paid um, uh, and utilizing that use case. And so there'll be a big push sort of below the line with that um, happening at the moment. Um, our next mainnet launch, as I mentioned, was uh, towards the end of 2021. Once again, not sure when we'll drop this, but um, it should be out by, by that stage, um, which is Crypto Pool. So Crypto Pool is a price prediction community-driven pool um, platform and gives the ability for people to predict the outcome as well as create pools and share part of the revenue of the pools that they're able to create. Um, for example, if uh, they were to create a pool with the TSCT value of 10,000 um, uh, USD, they'd be receiving 5% of that back as a, a creator's reward um, for bringing people to the transient network. Um, just like any other of our dApps, um, you will need TSCT to, to be able to, to operate on, on our network. Um, and Crypto Pool, as I said, will be uh, yeah the next mainnet dApp deployment uh, with some really great marketing and some campaigns um, happening around that to, to really drive that momentum. Into Q1 uh, next year, so we're anticipating um, February uh, We'll be launching our esports stap, um, which will be geared towards our um, official uh, esports tournament. Uh, once again, prediction pools, community driven, um, created by the users themselves, as well as um, transient uh, to, to obviously bring people onto the platform. Um, and we'll be looking at you know, co-sponsoring and really going hard around the um, push into the mainstream gaming community as well as the esports community um, and we envisage that to be Q1 um, quite a bit of activity Q1 2022 uh, we're also building our um, 
yeah, concurrently with with our esports stat, we're building our entry into the, the first uh, legal um, use case for us, and that's around building an NDA or a non-disclosure DAP. Um, what we wanted to um, ensure uh, that we have our um, legal advisors actually provide some insight into uh, how we may use NDAs and smart contract NDAs to actually execute um, across a number of use cases in in the sense of could be um, investors coming into a uh, project, it could be around employment, it could be around a number of, um, you know, IP and intellectual property, uh, you know, um, limits and, and how they're contractually obligated. Um, so that will be coming in uh, Q1 as well. We don't have a firm date, but I expect it to be end of Q1. Um, and we've got a couple of our lawyer and legal practitioners ready to um, see how that works in, in the real world. So that's a big one. Um, as we move into Q2 um, and more, more likely into Q3 as well, um, we'll be looking at extending our esports DAP um, either into a new DAP, um, which would be focused around um, sports betting, um, as I said, around boxing, tennis, um, any any sport under the sun, um, and moving and extending our, our offering to that, um, as well as uh, looking at the um, opportunity to um, bring, you know, as, as you mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast, um, you know, any other data-driven ability to, to create pools and, and predictions around those. But sports will be a really big focus um, into next year. Uh, um, and similarly, we, you need TSCT um, to operate on those. And those holding TSCT will be the ones that are obviously rewarded um, the most greatly through their contribution to the network. Um, and then, yeah, we'll continue to look at the opportunities from a insurance and um, CFD exchange derivative uh, uh, use case, as well as the, the online betting loyalty programs that we're, we're looking to build. Um, no firm dates on those ones yet, but um, that's, yeah, definitely a, a discovery piece happening at the moment. Um, and we'll start to plan that out much more specifically as we lead into, into the new year. So there's plenty going on. Um, you know, esports is is for us almost our, our monumental um, or a pedestal that we're we're aiming for. Everything to, to date, and by no means are we discounting the DAPs that are before it, but um, they're being built to for to serve a very specific purpose. Um, and the culmination of all the feedback and experiences we've had, um, we'll be going into esports and we'll be going hard. Um, so uh, I expect us to not only make a splash with with crypto pool across the BSC network um, and the, the broader ecosystem. Um, however, yeah, definitely into uh, next year into the esports space where where we hit um, the mainstream retail investors as well as retail gamers um, and the communities around it. So a bit of a snapshot of, of the next six to nine months for you. Awesome. Thank you for that. And yeah, you know, just one last comment I think on the esports side is obviously we have a huge focus on all the esports stuff going on. Uh, all there's so much gaming being built, and you know, from my perspective, that's an awesome use case for you guys to to sort of launch all of this with. Obviously, you've already launched some stuff, but to really make that your flagship product that then you just build from, I think it's uh, so it makes crypto so neat in a way is you you launch that and then you, you guys are just going to be able to 
zig and zag with whatever's going on mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Yeah, 100%. And that's even when we built um, TSC Core, it was built um, with the ability to adapt really quickly um, and be as flexible as possible. So, um, it, it, you know, we took a little bit longer than um, we planned for TSC Core, but what that has done is basically given the foundation for everything else we build going forward. So if we, you know, the NDA DAP, um, eSports DAP, you know, whatever comes next is all built off the foundation that we've already, we've already created. So um, the, the ability to scale and scale quickly and something probably my, my tech backgrounds um, in the you know, mainstream sort of uh, retail world has helped with um, because things change, you know, really, really quickly. Um, we need to be able to adapt where where possible and obviously scale um, as we need. So two really big focuses, but yeah, you're right. It can go anywhere. Um, but we also need to give you know credence and, and respect to to ensuring that we we do a, a great job for our community and those that use it. So we'll be pretty specific um, until we've got that that nailed and then we we move on to the next thing. Well, thank you for your time coming on here and a a 2 a.m. call. I'm sure you're ready to get to bed. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll end it here and I look forward to seeing what you guys keep putting out and I'm sure at some point we'll be talking again. Excellent. Appreciate the time.